0: Peace, family. This is Black Oracle coming to you live and direct. I hope everyone's having a wealthy day. Today's podcast episode is going to cover service before self, a significant excerpt from the Bible which states to confirm all things a man plucked off his shoes and gave them to his neighbor. This is said with great vigor that you can have all the worldly assets and possessions, but one thing a man can possess that is of absolute wealth is obtaining and maintaining the characteristic of selflessness to practice charity and giving back to the community now today i have a special guest i would like to bring on to the library on his journey thus far and bring about a change in his community and uplifting the youth to a higher state of mind he's an albany georgia native and a remarkably young king brother go ahead and introduce yourself
1: What's good, people? I'm King Randall. I'm the founder and president of the X for Boys in Albany, Georgia. I hail from Albany, Georgia, and I am 20 years old. I graduated from Westover High School, and I'm just out to teach my boys in the community how to do trade skills. I teach them how to change brakes, change oil, ceiling fans, toilets—you name it. I'm trying to create handyman. I'm trying to recreate the traditional, original man, cause I don't know what the new man is we got today, but the the old traditional man that could take care of himself and take care of his family, um, just by working with his hands. So that's that's a little bit about me.
0: Okay. Okay, that was beautiful, brother. I appreciate that introduction, man. Get let the uh, let the populace know who Kingly Keith Randall is and why I bring you today on my podcast. But furthermore, let's go ahead and deep dive into this interview. So, and from first question, so did your childhood or early life have any impact on the path you have prescribed for self? And if so, could you elaborate a little bit more on that? Okay, so
1: I had a normal childhood. I'm not like um, a lot of people who get out in the community. I don't have a backstory or one of those bad stories. I grew up in a normal home. Um, I didn't, you know, I had my mom was married, so I had, you know, two parents in the house. Um, my dad's pretty cool, you know. I mean, he was there for whatever he was there for, but um, I didn't have like a bad childhood. I wasn't raised bad or anything like that. I just saw the need for a few things. The only thing that happened in my childhood that I remember quite vividly. Um, Was the fact that my mom Was not able to have children She's still not able to have children And when she was pregnant with me I split her insides open And she wasn't even supposed to be able to carry me For nine months And she never knew Actually until three weeks ago When she was about to have surgery And she couldn't have surgery Because of what I did to her While she was pregnant And it split her insides open Where all of her ab muscles Abdominal muscles Are on two different sides of her stomach Because of something that I did to her And she's not even supposed to be having children That's crazy And another thing that happened When I was about Um, Two to three years old My grandmother told me I came home Um, I was in the car with her And I think it was Martin Luther King Day or something like that And um, I was in the car with her And she said that um, I was just sitting there And I was like, Grandma, you know how something's about to happen And you feel it in your stomach She said that I told her that I was here to finish where Martin Luther King started And ever since then she never let me forget What I told her that I was here to do And so my whole life I tried to run away from that I went to culinary school Playing football, all that stuff But my whole life she never let me forget that every day she reminded me of that and so sometimes you know when i was going through things she'd be like i don't care what you call yourself going to do you can go to do this that and the third but don't forget that you're here to finish you know what dr king started so oh, really? my life started to to revolve back to what i was supposed to be doing right, right, right. and right when you walk in your purpose st- blessings start falling out the sky and so that's what's been happening and so a lot of people ask me where i get the name the new emerging king from um, I went to visit Dr. King Grave and I went to the museum and there was this article in the Pittsburgh Courier of April 20th, um, 1963. I think it was <coughs> 1963 or 64? Yeah, 63,
0: 63.
1: and it said, um, Will a New King Emerge? Um, and that newspaper article caught my eye. It was the headline of the Pittsburgh Courier newspaper, and that's where I get the new emerging king from. So that's kind of like something that happened in my childhood that kind of pushed me to what I, you know, do now. Um, but I don't have like that little backstory that everybody usually has. I don't yeah. have that I, I had a normal childhood. You yeah.
0: Know? I understand yeah. what you're saying. But yeah. uh just to do a little interception on uh, when you touched on Martin Luther King. So I know you say you derived your name from Martin Luther King and uh his background and what he did in his world course. We all know who Dr. King is, man. Salute the brother, you know what I mean? We all gonna continue his work. But at the end of the day, what type of attributes from King himself spoke to you and told you that this is what you have to do and you must continue his work?
1: Um, I started researching Dr. King and um, I came across the King that they didn't want us to, to know about. Yeah. Um, the Dr. King they didn't teach us about. Yeah. The Dr. King you know I was trying to figure out why they killed him mm-hmm. or whatever so I came into all of that stuff and I started noticing a lot in how his speech patterns changed and all of that stuff like that. Um, I think it was after he met the Honorable Elijah Muhammad Um, He met the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and after that particular meeting, um, Dr. King changed basically who he was. And um, I started noticing, you know, his speech patterns and how he was speaking, you know, more hard and talking about reparations and all that stuff. It was the new king, not the one that the white man made, but this king that came, you know, you made me into this position, but now I'm going to show you, you know, what's really the thing. So. I started researching him, and then I ran into Malcolm X and how him and Malcolm were about to um, collaborate, and Malcolm was killed. Um, And then I ran into the Minister Farrakhan and a few of his things or whatever. But I started doing that stuff because I was figuring out, okay, this is what Dr. King was about to do. So before he was killed, he was about to take, um, I think it was a million men down to Washington, D.C., and yeah, they were about man to Million march Yeah they was, was about to
0: Inaugurate the first Million man march
1: Yep march. and he was about to um, Have them spend the night there To all of them Guaranteed jobs Houses and all that Stuff like that Or whatever Which would have been A good thing But they killed him Before that And I found out What actually happened The day of the shooting um, how James Earl Ray was exonerated, but nobody ever talks about it. And this is an actual court case, you know, that was in 1999. So there's a lot of things, you know, that has happened, you know, and a lot of stuff that I researched with Dr. King to make me understand. Okay, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing because he wasn't finished yet, you know, whatever. And nobody has came to pick up the torch. You know, he has kids. None of them picked up the torch. None of that, you know. So I feel like. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, and I know I'm supposed to be doing it because when you're walking, you know, in the path you're supposed to be walking in, blessings start falling out the sky as well as you being condemned and people, you know, not liking you for no reason and stuff like that. Kind of like walking in the footsteps of Jesus. He was condemned and ridiculed and all that stuff, and he was just here to save people.
0: So, yeah, most people don't understand the whole concept of, yeah, brothers. Uh, adding on that, what you were talking about with uh, Dr. King and uh, whatnot. Uh, especially about people uh, dwelling on what others think and how they perceive them. What I have to say on that is that people spending too much time, well, not too much, incorrect grammar, too, too, uh, people spending plentiful time on what others think and how they perceive uh, how they uh, come off to others is a waste of time. And time is valuable, and I value mine. You know, wasted time is the... It's the it's the equivalent of wasted money, something that you can't get back. It ain't going to do nothing but recycle wasted energy that you need to put and output into your goals. You know what I'm saying? Your dreams. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So people worrying about, oh, man, like, you know, what I mean, this brother, he out here again and, you know, he think he's doing something. But he needs to understand that, you know what I mean? Too much power is crazy. Like we live in a society. People so comfortable with being average, bro. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not enough Malcolm's man It's not enough Firecon's It's not enough Martins man Like I understand that What you have received in your childhood In your early life As far as your influences are concerned Is what makes you special bro Is what makes you special on your path to success And for the growth in the community And the world all over So to that I say I salute you man And every, everybody really Just need to take in To the, to the surroundings around them man. Self awareness is key you know, people need to understand self-awareness for one because you—if you're not very self-aware of who you are and your environment, man, you're gonna have a tough time on your path, man. you to have a tough time trying to change things and trying to like cultivate you. You know what I mean? Cultivate, cultivate yourself, yourself, uh, your mindset. You right. know what I mean? So, uh, brother, uh, brother, prophet, you got you got anything you wanna add in on this? Of course. Uh, let me go ahead and, uh,
2: if you could. Mr. King, I got some questions for you, man. Um, I'm about to book with this. Now, I've noticed that you've been starting a lot of business ventures. Um, and I got a lot of respect for the hustle, you know, because I'm a man of myself. I'm a man like that, too. A man all jack of all trades. Right. Um, so uh, with the break pad services, the haircutting services, um, the home improvement services, I just want to know, how do you intend uh, to impact your community outside of providing the, the trade skills necessary Um, And that is very important because our our young men are set back. They don't have the opportunity um, to receive educational trades as soon as they they get out of school um, without sacrificing two, three years of education and time and money. Um, So outside of just that and and providing them with the knowledge, uh, what else do you plan on doing through those endeavors for your community?
1: Well, um, for starters, what I think um, right now is my main focus and also I definitely want to get into reading comprehension I think that's very important reading and reading comprehension um literacy to be um very specific um our boys don't know how to read um that's just a complete fact um I was dealing with um some boys in a summer camp and honestly none of them knew how to read like and it was and it was kind of sad you know and some of them know how to read but they don't read nowhere near the level that they're supposed to be reading on. Right, right. Um a lot of them don't understand, you know, simple sentences. They they write like they text messaging. And so I told my parents, you know, I was like, stop allowing your kids to text you in text format. Ask them to text you in complete sentences, using punctuation marks, all that stuff, because that's how I make my little brother text me. He has to text me in complete sentences, apostrophes, commas, uh, uh, capital letters, the whole nine yards, because I need to see, you know, exactly how you're writing at school and stuff like that. The first and,
0: step in the process of changing mentality, bro.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I, like I told them before, I said, if you can't read, you definitely can't write. You know, and I'm like it's kids that we're graduating that are functionally illiterate, period like they cannot read they have no type of reading comprehension and so i feel like that is very important um that's the next thing i'm working on because i'm about to start a book club um for boys because i need them for one to learn how to read and for two the books that i'm actually going to have them to read you know are um kind of good books you know to help you know guide them through life um like the the book we're about to read now is letters to a young brother by hill harper um and it's kind of um going to help out a whole lot you know with them Being teenagers and peer pressure And safe sex and all that stuff Like that stuff that they need dad to teach them Or whatever and mom just can't Teach you know they should be able to come And have a safe haven you know to be able to um, and King, Do things like
2: that And King let me ask you uh, wh- what do you think That these issues start Cause you know what it's Far too often um, Our young men mm-hmm. Feel as though uh, It seems as though We are set back. Where do you think this happens? Do you think it happens at home? Do you think it happens at the school? Where do you think it starts?
1: Um, Personally, I would say home and school. I wouldn't seclude either one of them, you know, because I feel like both are primary learning. Some people say, oh, well, home is primary learning. Some people say, oh, school is primary learning. No, both is primary learning because you spend, you know, basically seven to eight hours a day at a location for 17 years or 18 years or whatever at one specific location you be there for almost your whole life or whatever 7 hours a day 5 days a week you know it's kind of like another home for you you know and so if they're not teaching the things necessary for life there either or whatever then I'm not expecting you know A lot of things to happen with that You know and so imagine the kids that don't have Parents at home they need school to be teaching Them these things you know instead of the stuff I call nonsense that they're teaching At school like I I, believe me I love reading I love science and I feel like School is good up until the 8th grade when you get in high school, none of those things I personally believe you need at all to survive in life. Absolutely. You only need an eighth grade education to survive. Period. Well, I agree. And the, the things that they teach in high school, I feel like should be geared completely towards life. Now, I feel like you should go on a course or whatever or a life course. You know how to change tires and building a uh, credit and buying a house, buying a car. You know just all of those things for four years to prepare you for you know being an adult. But of course, they don't do those things at the public schools. They'll do those things at private schools and and home schooling and things right. like that but they will not do those things at the public school right. because they will uh, mask the parents to think that college is the way out when college is not so King I want
2: to ask you and that brings me back because um when 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 I asked you that earlier question mm-hmm. about your business ventures mm-hmm. um, I wanted to ask you how you were going to impact your community mm-hmm. and, and and you definitely are educating these brothers mm-hmm. you are definitely educating these brothers mm-hmm. I feel that that is your strongest um quality that i see in you you have a far reaching impact and you have the ability to get a message across to young men that i have seen not matched in many men our age Mm -hmm. um so with me saying that i'm asking you with what you're doing Mm -hmm. is it all geared towards educating these children these youth that we have um i want you want to do you want to do anything beyond Um, Absolutely, I do.
1: It's just right now, I think I just want to mainly focus, you know, on that just for right now. There are more things that I want to do, you know, in the future,
2: you know, of course. Do you want to create, like, a a school, maybe? Do you have any dreams of that? Because, see, I feel like something like that, King, Mm -hmm. I feel like something like that would be amazing. Right, and it's interesting that
1: you said that because I do plan to start a school within two to three years. Um, The at school for boys Or whatever And people always ask Of course Why do I only teach You know One gender Or etc I'm just like The only reason I teach One gender for one Is because this is the age of Uh uh, accusations, And I'm not, you know, about to go down that road, especially with me still being young. And then also, I feel like the boys in the community that I am raising, they have to go marry the girls in the community. Girls right. automatically follow the woman, you know. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that every no good woman was made by a no good man. And so I feel like if we raise our standards up, they have no choice but to follow to because follow. they want a man. Right. And so now the standards are so low that they don't even have to do anything to get a man but be be a woman. You know, right. just be have a vagina and And that's all I got to do. I ain't got to, you know, hold myself up a certain way. None of that. But I'm raising boys. Well, you know, I'm not telling them you can't date this certain woman. But if you do go and date her, raise her up, show her the God in herself or whatever, you know, and, you know, pull her, pull that God out of her. So that way she can see, you know, her worth and you can show her her worth. You know, so the boys that I'm raising in the community, they have to be, you know, go and marry these girls. So that's why I do that. But yes, I do want to start a school. Um, eventually, but next year, I'm actually revamping my um, my summer boot camp. It will be an overnight boot camp. It will be military style. Um, they will be with me for um, two months straight. Um, There will be no contact with mom, pop, no social media, no phones, none of that stuff. They'll be with me for two months. Um, They'll be on, able to contact family by letter. And or of course, you know, they'll be able to call them during the emergency. But during that whole time, I'll have a full training schedule for them. And I'll be teaching them things that they need to know that's necessary to go on in this life as a young black male. You know, in this society and of course with the trade skills as well. And then I also have a, um, a syllabus for them. I have a whole lesson plan, you know, already ready for next year. But of course, I'm working on getting a building for that. I'm also I have to get those necessary credentials and all that stuff. So I saw, the,
2: I saw how you were working towards getting a building.
1: Right. So I'm still moving with that. Um, get my nonprofit status with the Expo Voice. So it's a lot of, you know, hoops I got to jump through to be able to right, get to right. the next Let few Let me ask things. y'all
2: both something, man. I, I think ahead, this bro. is a. I think this is something we all need to address. Why is it, when we do something like this, or when we want to say, "Hey, let's start a military-style boot camp for boys," let's 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 do something positive for the community. Why does it seem like there's always um, people who? Why do you feel like it's always people who try to try to pull uh, some kind of negativity out of that? Do you think that's a? Do you think that's that's like a a cultural issue in our community at this point? And and if so, why? Both of you. You said in the black community.
0: In the black community. It could be in the community in general, but mainly in the uh the black community, bro. Go yeah. ahead, take it. and I got it after you.
1: Okay. Well, I personally feel like um we we do that um it's still kind of spiritually in us to tell on each other. Um, that kind of plays back. To slavery or whatever when we were rewarded you know for telling on each other or making sure you know another slave wasn't able to be as good you know and stuff like that we were rewarded you could have almost got your freedom for snitching on another slave or whatever so that's kind of in our dna now to not want each other to do better because if you are you know you kind of oh i'm gonna go tell a master or whatever you know like that so that to me that's kind of like in our dna we can't help but not you know, want to, to
2: escape the plantation,
1: right? So we can't help that. But me, I train babies differently because we teach. You know, growing up, oh, me, myself, and I make sure you and your family good know. Agree
0: with that, black like or. Let me go ahead. I'll add an interjection on that as well. In my opinion, it all at the end of the day ties into the mentality itself. Mm-hmm. It ties into the mentality itself because people, again, are average thinkers. I won't say all people, but we're talking about least 80% populous of black community, of any ethical, uh, any cultural uh, group or entity, you know what I mean? Uh, when, whenever whenever you see something that's unique or something that, that's common or something that is just eye-catching that you never thought another human being could have the potential to do, that's a very scary thing. Especially man.
2: when your mind isn't capable of thinking extraordinary yeah, that's, thoughts. That's,
0: it's just like the example of... With uh, um, UFOs, man, aliens. You know what I'm saying? Just not just like the literal aliens, but whenever a person, man or woman, comes across the unknown, they automatically crucify the idea they they maim it and put it on the wall to be to either be har- uh, harassed embarrassed or slandered for what it is because they don't truly understand what it really is and that goes with not only the, the the current status of the black community or the community in general or the work we're trying to put in or work you're trying to do for self and for the the individuals around you but it could go all in all of what any type of implementation you trying to do for the society itself, whether it be like example, uh, well, my my good brother nineteen keys dropped his new uh, paradigm keys book. You know what I mean? Uh, it's ebook. You know, he just freshly dropped it. All made and curated by self. Uh, my other good brother Derek Gray dropped his in home banking game. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Uh, my 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 wealthy mentor, billion PA, created over eighty three plus books by himself. All, all, all rights to him. You know what I mean? Just this, this breaking curses, man. You know what I mean? He got over eighty-three plus books. The man has over, mm-hmm. like, like a good handful of quotes created by self through his own positive environment within his right. mind frame due to the situation that enforced him to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it goes along to this man started from yeah. Alabama. All the way, moved all the way to L.A. with nothing in his pockets. Got five five or more felonies to his name. Mm-hmm. His journey alone speaks a lot of motivation and grit to it. Because it doesn't matter what situation you're in or where you came from or decision you made. My brother, you can always make a living and make a positive outlook for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And
2: that's exactly, and that's exactly why um, I want to... Because you may be wondering why I continue to to ask you what other things... The reason why I keep on doing that, brother... Is because I don't think people really understand what you're trying to do. All you trying to do is raise the mindset of these young men. We all want to see our young men. In fact, not even just young men. Our people, women, men, everybody. This whole city. We want to raise the standard that is set of people's mindset. We don't expect much of each other anymore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We don't expect each other to be great. I concur. We don't expect each other to think great. We don't expect each other to do the right thing. We expect the worst out of each other. Right. We expect um, people to be greedy, people to be selfish. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, one thing that that that, that is amazing, uh, Billionaire P.A. said it today, uh, right?, uh, a black oracle He said You got to be selfish sometimes Before you can be selfless Exactly See but there's a balance there See sometimes we get so caught up Into doing for thyself In order to get ourselves ahead That we cannot imagine Taking a step back And having that balance In order to give out to others But we're going to change that
0: Yeah
2: That's what the plan here is It's all mentality it's all
0: That's mentality.
2: what the plan here is And and, and, and we want y'all to understand it that, that this is what the future is
0: okay this ain't gonna stop you know right
2: yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely wow. fully
0: fully, 100 yeah. percent back that behind you right 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 absolutely bro so without further ado let's go into the next set of questions we got so in your course of life thus far what influences crafted your mindset and the way you perceive reality
1: um i definitely say um once i started um researching you know dr king and brother minister malcolm x um, minister farrakhan the honorable elijah muhammad um a lot of those great influences marcus garvey um a lot of those people kind of influenced the way i think and kind of gave me an understanding of what reality really is um it's kind of like um in the movie the matrix when the man came up out the little bubbles or whatever and everybody else was still sleeping he's just like oh snap you know i'm part of a machine you know, I'm part of a system or whatever, and it's kind of good to know those things, like, because some people still live in denial, you know, of what's really happening in this world. But um, I really feel like um, definitely those influences, um, those black history figures, um, definitely influenced the way I think in my reality. So um, I definitely give credit to, you know, Dr. King, Minister Farrakhan, Honorable Lodge Muhammad, Marcus Garvey, all of those that came before me. Um, you know, and paved the way and actually, you know, told us a lot of these things. Cause sometimes if you listen to a Malcolm speech, you'll think he was talking
2: today, you know, because it's, it's some of the same so things. It's, so it's the same things. Like we and should, that's why this is so necessary. Right. People don't understand. You see, and, and, and you can't do this alone. Can you King? Absolutely not. you can't do this alone. Can you black Oracle? Oh, absolutely I can't not. do this alone.
0: You can only go so far. You can, you can go fast by self. But you can only go so far unless you have a team. You gonna That's need correct. a team. Whatever you weaken, you're going to need someone to take up in their strength. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's just with anything. The the Romans didn't make the empire overnight. You know what I mean? Like, let's <laughs> be right. real. Let's be real. Right. Let's be real. Uh, other, other great empirical mm-hmm. standpoints in history and life itself. Don't, them people didn't do it by themselves They, they didn't have just a one man front oh, I got a shield, got a spear, I'm taking over this kingdom I'm taking <laughs> over this land, I'm changing people's minds No, they had armies They had teams, they had generals They had everything, why? Right. Because you can't only go far Unless you have a team So,
2: with that being said um, Is there any way That the community Can do anything to help you Reach greater heights? Is there anything that you feel like the community to do the community can do to get uh, out of the way of maybe stalling progress. Do you feel like the community is stalling progress? Let's let's ask that first.
1: Um, the communities I have to make myself and what I do and move it around what the community is doing. Um, I can't really move the community out of my way, I have to. Get in, you with know, the community. with the community, right? So I can't really say they're stalling anything. I just need to restructure my plan. If they are stalling something, then I need to maybe go at it another route. The only okay. thing that I say is keep bringing me your sons, you know, and letting me train them, especially my single moms. And what's really touching me is when I had my graduation graduation and the parents talked about the progress that the, their sons made not just right. they came to my program no he was being mannerable at home I had to ask him to do stuff two and three times anymore you know he's not talking back he's speaking louder you know and stuff like that he learned how to make an omelet you taught him how to cook you know what all that do you, stuff and
2: what do you think is the most important factor in that King?
1: Um, the most important factor in that, in that. is that I actually care and that I'm close to their age they don't get that a lot
2: and, and what do you think you provide them King? I'm providing them with 08. self-confidence. Self-confidence, absolutely. Self-confidence. A lot of these young men, they act out and they join these gangs because they don't feel confident in themselves. Absolutely. Just like we said that we can't do nothing on our own, that's not nothing that nobody don't know. Right. These young men know that. It doesn't take very much intelligence to know that it takes a group in order to do great things. Right. But if you don't have the right group to become a part of, you don't have the right... Leadership, you don't have the right confidence in yourself, mm-hmm. you're gonna get led astray. Absolutely,
1: I mm-hmm. agree.
2: So, y'all, so y'all got to remember that, you know, as and, and, and I apologize because I don't have no kids. Y'all, I don't know if y'all nah, got, I ain't got, y'all no, got kid. no kids, my man. I have one
0: kid, I
1: have a son, he's king the right. second. Beautiful, you wealthy, yeah. wealthy <laughs> out here, man. No. man
2: rich. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tell, I tell everybody all the time, man, you got family, any type of any type of family, whether it be one son, whether it be a daughter, whatever, man, you are rich. No asset I can can replace or can uh, overstep that. You know what I mean. You you are wealthy. Take take heed and like you know what I'm saying. Take a, take charge of that, man. That's beautiful. I, I respect, and salute that. Cause my me myself, I believe we as black men and men in general are here on this earth one thing only to be a representation of what man is and to produce the next legacy of the next generation. That's what we are here for. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know how like. I I don't know how y'all how y'all exactly feel or y'all got that, y'all different opinions on that, but that's just my personal like crafted opinion that's so thoughtly on one one hundred percent y'all y'all on that for real
1: absolutely 100%. and a lot of people you know ask me you know because I told a lot of my close friends you know I want a lot of children and they always like man why you want so many kids because I want nine of my own you know that's what I want but one of my friends told me and he kind of made it clear for me. Um, why I want that many kids he said you would be so selfish being who you are to only give this world one or two or three kids he said look at you and what you're doing and how you're going about life imagine you only having two and three kids he said you will be selfish to the universe you'll be doing the universe a disservice not to have nine and ten kids and so I want to adopt as well next year when I turn 21 I'm going to you know adopt some children or whatever some at least some young black men because you still you actually can you know ask what you want for so I, I do you know want some young black men that I can adopt you know and call my own and raise them up you know as well or whatever because I can't do this by myself I got to train our replacements and the replacements are what's going to change the narrative and the reality of what's going on so I don't put so much emphasis on working with the adults I try to work with kids as much as I can because they're going to grow up and they're going to change the narrative and they're going to teach their kids something different because obviously you know what we're being taught you know is bearing witness in the community that is not sufficient you know so what's Something needs to
2: change that is sufficient. It's time that we get out of the selfish behavior that has held this community back for decades after decades after decades after decades. We need to be selfless this generation. It's time to put back into our communities. It's time to put back into black owned businesses. And it's time to trust each other with each other. If we can't trust each other, we can't love each other. Absolutely. And if we can't love each other, we will continue to be divided. We will continue to hate each other. And we will continue to be stuck in this same pit for the next 2,000 years. And I refuse to be a part of that. Right. I refuse yeah. to be a part of that. If I got a sacrifice, if, and I know, King, I know you feel the same way, Black Oracle. If we got a sacrifice in order to be that generation that creates that change so, so that our children and the people that come up under us can live a different life, I'll right. do that. Absolutely.
0: I'll do that. All right, 110. And I got a little interjection on that as well. So, both of y'all question going to put on the platform for you. Go ahead. Nice nice and well done. So, on the topic of real estate, how much of an impact do you think that can have in bringing wealth and starting businesses in the community? And how much do you think it is significant for one to practice real estate and to learn real estate in this day and age?
1: Um, I think it's very significant seeing that Albany is um, 70, I think 77 percent black people. Yet we don't own no major businesses or buildings down here. We own no major land. We own no major buildings down here. It's 77% black people, but only white people and um, Hispanics or, uh, you know, Asian people own, like, majority of the main businesses around here. You know, we own our restaurants and funeral homes and stuff like that. But where where is our big business at? You know, I even made a challenge to the churches. You know, I was like, why don't we buy... Uh, 40 acres of land somewhere around you know the outskirts of Albany or something and start growing food and then teach people how to can it and then have like uh this certain Baptist church green beans and you know canned yeah. up or this certain Baptist church corn you know yeah. and you can feed the community then pay people to work on the actual farm you know and so I said it's small stuff we could do like we have big giant lavish you
2: talk.
1: Oh, oh absolutely we, we have big lavish churches in the hood I'm just like why do you have a lavish church you know it's all like it literally looks like a sore thumb in the middle of the hood, you know. I'm just like, why? Why do we have things like that? And I hate to get, get I, off topic, but that's that's just, a big that's real estate thing. Point, I, got, I got the answer.
0: I got the answer point. to that. I got the answer for that. When you speak about the church in the hood, this is my take on the church in the hood. First and foremost, the church, the church, is one of most the de- pro- one one of the most profitable, successful, ph- philanthropic business ventures in America. I say that to a testament because we have too many churches out in our communities, but really in all, what work is it producing, man? Like, really in all, we can sit here and we can give our due diligence and prayer and any other attribute to 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 God, but at the end of the day, like the minister uh, Louis Farrakhan had stated... Prayer is not a substitute for it. it. It's it's not, and it and it's just and it's just uh, and it's just that many people just can't seem to grasp that concept whatsoever to its full extent. And I say that to the fullest extent of of my words is because, like, people don't understand the true design behind churches. And you know, I, I could be wrong, you know, but this is through my research and study and me looking from the outside looking in and me going to these things because me a little bit about myself is that when I speak on things I've done my research and I've looked into it beforehand before I say something that is the mark of a fool for one to speak on something that he does not understand so I do research in everything that I see unknown and I go to the first point of view and ask questions instead of looking from a third person point of view and then going in books and articles and Wikipedia and Google and making my own assumption. That is a mark of a fool. You know what I mean? People who do that and say these wild things and don't understand what they're talking about, don't give them your time a day whatsoever. Because it's wasting your time again, time that's wasted is wasting money and you can't get that back. That's just like the damn stock market. People don't understand stock market one of the most like what one of the most riskful ventures you can ever do. You can make some money but it has a lot of risk to it. You lose money in the, in the end pursuit of getting money. Now let me bring it back to the church. So, growing up in our lives in this day and age and in, in, in the past before in the past uh, before us, we've always it's always we've always come up in, in this in this mentality again. That we we always got to support the black church. The you know, black church, you know what I mean? Like we always gotta get back to the church, church of God, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the Christian way of life. But at the end of the day, gentlemen, what I look at the whole process of the church, the church itself has a great influence of power. You know what I'm saying? It it it, it can really grasp if 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 it really wanted to, it can really grasp a huge audience and repelling it into its own way. Of thinking, you know what I mean, because people are very vulnerable when you get on the subject of religion and subject of God because people are always looking for the easy way out of life, people are always looking for uh, to be protected and saved, which I mean to each his own, you know what I mean. Not gonna deep dive into that, but at the end of the day, when I speak on that, I'm referring to the whole power that the church has. And why I feel as though churches in a way should minimize how it goes about and receiving its resources and receiving the monetary value it gets. Now I understand, you know, just like all all infrastructures, you know, you gotta pay your bills, you know I'm saying, you gotta get the lights on, gotta support the events, you know what I mean? I mean hey, you know what I'm saying, part of the community. But at the end of the day, we can't all we cannot all give all of our energy, all of the bread that we make in this life, and all of our time into trying to prove to others in a building that we have a great relationship with God. Because, in the end of the day, your relationship with God is on you. That's on you and your spiritual enlightenment. That's my opinion. I'm gonna leave it right there. But, in the end of the day, the church itself, really in all, can influence the nation. Absolutely. And I'll leave it right there, and I and I'll go ahead and direct it to the next question, which my my good brother, the prophet, is going to take over. And in conclusion, close out this wealthy podcast. Take it over.
2: Yeah. Last but not least, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. Um I don't even know if this is a question to be honest I think we all know the answer to this right here In these past few weeks And I'm just going to name these names We all know Kowalski Newberry Walter Favors Kwame Jones Michael Jordan and then the young man who just got shot today On a hundred block of pine um, Gang violence Is becoming prevalent again And I know this disappoints all of us But with all of the productive and progressive things that we are trying to do and that we are doing, why is it still that it seems as though the more productive we become, the more negative the negativity becomes? Does anybody seem to, to, to see that or is it just me?
1: Well, um, that's kind of like how they, the universe really works. Um, you have to anything that you do good is gonna get counteracted, you know. It's something bad, like a It's like spiritual warfare, you know. And the minister said that um, chaos is to produce order, and chaos comes to produce order. You know, um, that's just how it operates. So whenever chaos happens, something needs to get in order, or whatever. And um, I definitely, you know, believe that. So and, it's um, chaos.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a manifestation of the pain in your body to bring attention to that, to that, to that place,
1: huh? Right. Like even, um, I don't, okay. did y'all see the whole Dunbar's fiasco that I um put together sure did. with the whole Dunbar's thing? Yeah. All right. So immediately after that, once I, the day of the Dunbar's um event, um, it was packed out. Um, the cars was all everywhere. Uh, the line was outside the door. Everybody came because of something that I started. You know, I came and everybody was like, you know, what's up, King? Da da da. da. You know. And as soon as I left there, I took a personal hit, you know, in my family or whatever. Not no uh, death or anything, but it was something personal that I went through very bad, you know, whatever, um, you know, with my family and stuff like that. And and I talked to somebody about it. I was like, this just happened. Like, everything was so great today. He was like, it's a spiritual it's a spiritual warfare. He was like, "You just did." He said, "Look, look at what you just did." He said, "You just brought so much unity in the black community, bro." He said, "You just sent that viral, and then you had all those people show up at his restaurant." He said, "That's the most customers he had in a while, or whatever." And he was like, "You know, he gave me my food for free." He was like, "Man, I appreciate it." You know, you don't know what you really just did. I'm talking about it was packed all the way up until Sunday. Or whatever. I'm talking about it was packed the whole time. You know, people who hadn't even heard of Dunbar's came. White people came. I mean, it was packed or whatever. And I, he was like, Look at what you just did. He was like, Of course you got to take a spiritual hit. So he was like, Just chill. You know, he's like, You took a personal hit because of what you just did for the community. So when things happen like that, or whatever, you know You have to understand that You know, when things are going good Things bad also have to happen Even like Jesus When he was moving out, you know And working in the streets or whatever Bad stuff had to happen to Jesus Because of all the good stuff he was doing Or whatever So it has to, you know, kind of counteract You know, so that's kind of like You have to deal with that spiritually And um you just have to understand Chaos is to produce order, and opposition is a gift from God. So, God gives opposition to you know people and things that are ordained and destined to do something great. You know, so you have to you know roll with the punches and just keep on moving. You know, because even with all the bad stuff happening and the shootings and the gang violence and stuff, you still gotta keep moving. Yes, we're reacting right now, and everybody's upset, and you know everybody's an activist, and everybody wants to do this, that, and the third. But right now, we have to keep on moving. We really got to keep moving. Because two weeks from now, everybody's going to be back to posting nonsense on Facebook and et cetera. But, and the people, those of us who have actually been out there every day, you know, with the boys trying for this stuff not to happen. Everybody's an activist now. Now we want to have meetings. What do we need to have a meeting for when you've been staying here your whole life? We don't need no meetings. We need you, to be proactive. Exactly. react. Exactly. That's all we're doing is reacting. You know, so that's that's all I have to say about that. So.
2: Because these, cause these, cause these streets proactive. Absolutely. Yep. These streets ain't
0: reactive. Yep, I, I, I 100% agree with both of the brothers and to add in my last interjection as we get to the, the ending of this podcast uh, in commemoration of well, not really commemoration whenever I hear the loss and the mourning of death when it comes to young black males in the community I grew up in. You know what I'm saying? Like and then to hear that it's gang violence, which entails to me that it's black on black crime. It 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 pisses me off to the to the ends of my heart and my soul, because every time stuff like this happens, and no action being taken, it's nothing but a dead cyclical effect on our mind and how we create habits, and it's not doing anything. But slowing us down and the progress and holding us back for being great, like we're supposed to be, you know what I mean know what I'm saying, so it's like we're not doing anything productive by slaying another brother, by slaying somebody, by taking a life, what message or what you're not you're not getting no money out here trying to do something that's doing nothing but putting you on a on a maim potentially incarcerated and then now you're, another, you're now, now, it's now you're another you know when I was two lives now you are a part of the statistics two brothers, two brothers. you know what I'm saying Jesus. that's why stuff like this has to change we have to change mentality we have to get out here and work we have to produce we can't just sit here and keep talking because we keep talking more and more lies gonna be lost over nothing but foolishness and escapism. Because and all escapism ties in to motivate individuals to wanna do and produce evil and devilish acts. You know what I mean? Social media, TV, YouTube. Uh, I'm coming for all y'all next. You know what I mean? I'm coming for all the engines that's out here that ain't doing nothing but displaying and depicting stuff negatively that's producing a negative mindset and environment in the minds of our young and our young individuals coming up. And I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna leave it right here. This is is why I chose to continue on my mission to spread consciousness and truth and to develop the minds of the youth and the community so that we can change and shift the paradigm and we can be great like we're supposed to be. I say I say it right here. I'ma say it and my two brothers gonna say it. I speak into existence that I'm going to change the way we the way we frame us. To the mass Into society And that we're going to create Generational wealth That's right. We're going to give back To the community We're going to build businesses We're going to have schools We're going to have our own And we're going to show Society That we are better than that That's, That's right. right That's my dream That's right I speak into existence That I'm going to make Everyone Everyone get up And do for self And want to curate Their own income And be their own boss So they ain't got to worry About trying to hustle And steal And kill another brother Right. For nothing. For no gain. That is my dream. Now what's y'all's?
1: My dream personally is to see the atmosphere shift. Um and within dreaming I have to of course work, you know, so my work is to see this thing shift. Um especially with our boys. I haven't lost hope, you know, in the older generation, but I have more hope in the young men and the young women and the babies and the youth completely all of them because training the replacements is what's going to change the reality and once we change that reality we'll see you know a different shift I feel like changing the reality with them is, is one of our infinity stones Damn right. that's one of our infinity stones, the reality stone we have to fix yes, that yes, snap that finger and change the reality, you know, for our youth and for our boys and for this city and for the country and for the world. Period. Our young black men need a snap of their own with the reality stone. So my dream is to see the reality change, you know, f- for our mindsets and for the youth. I can give a crackhead a million dollars, but if I don't change his mindset, all he's gonna do is smoke all that you crackhead. He gonna smoke all of the crack man up. And a fish, absolutely.
0: One day, but if you teach him how to fish, yeah, you lifetime, my brother. I really, I really, I really appreciate both y'all for coming on my podcast today, man. It, it means a lot because we're we changing, we changing the paradigm and we working sir. as young kings should be. Now, last but not least, I'm going to pass it to the prophet. My brother, what exactly is your dream? And can you please, please speak into existence for the mass so they can get up off their tail? You
2: know what my dream is, brothers?
0: You know what my dream is? What is it, bro? My dream
2: is that this gonna continue. All this stuff that we talking about, everything that we talking about, in fact, even 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 some of these negative things. Because you know what? Sometimes it takes negative things and negative experiences to wake us up. And until y'all wake up, we're gonna continue to have these negative things. That's my dream, man. And it's a sad dream. It's actually a nightmare. But it's a choice that we all have. I can't I can't I can't I can't do it by myself. I can't just be a positive person mm-hmm. and be one person and expect the world to change. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So right now, my dream, my dream ain't a, ain't a dream, my dream is scary. Mm-hmm. My dream is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So it's time for us to wake up, man. Absolutely. It ain't. It, you know, I done made my choice. I'm asking y'all to make y'alls, man. Whoever, whoever, whoever listens to this, whoever, whoever, whoever I'm speaking to, if I'm, if you, if you hear me right now, if you feeling me, man, or woman, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up, man. It's time to stop dreaming. Yep. It's time to get real. Absolutely. It's time to
0: wake up. It is. Enough said. It's been time to wake up, bro. The whole, our mindset on dreaming in general has been dead for too long. And we need to rise up and do for self, as I've been saying. Well, I've, held, I've held y'all too long in this podcast, and we've went over a lot of topics, interviewed the promising young king. You know what I mean? Duly, duly congratulate this brother on his success so far and to his future success that he's going to continue to do for community and do for so. I appreciate you all for listening to this segment of the Black Oracle podcast. And please be on the lookout for the next one coming soon. Peace.